COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease include fever, cough, and sharpness of breath. These symptoms may show up two to 14 days after exposure. If you're experiencing these symptoms and have come in contact with or in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you are currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit us up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. You can also find me on Twitter at ICSativaPod. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Republic, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play Music Store, and more. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. Supporting us helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www dot patreon.com slash IC Sativa podcast. You can support this podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you're feeling extra generous. A special thanks to our current patrons and supporters. Shout out to friends of the show Reefer Revolution for supporting the podcast. Shout out to our new Patreon and friend of the show Gracie Gatto. Shout out also to Joy One Love 420, also a friend of the show and founder of Keystone State Reviews. Becoming a Patreon or financially supporting us through Anchor, Patreon, PayPal gets you perks like early episodes, exclusives, and, and shout outs at the beginning of every episode. We also have been recently syndicated by friend of the show, Russ Belfill, and will now be featured weekly on Radical Russ Radio right before his show from Monday, 7 a.m., Tuesday, 9 a.m., Wednesday, 11 a.m., Thursday, 1 p.m., and Friday, 3 p.m., all mountain times. And without further ado, let's get to the episode. Victory, people. What goes around comes around. Remember this. Remember this. I'm not going to read this whole article, but this happened three short years ago when uh, Mr. I'm going to allow thousands of people to die in nursing homes. Cuomo was still the governor of New York. Um, 
they were some big marijuana companies um i.e them ms those multi-state operators i.e big cannabis that were telling then governor cuomo to not allow home grow because it would cut into their profits well karma is undefeated this is an article from the new york times New York medical marijuana giants struggle to break into recreational market. Large operators want in on the state's new retail industry. A potential multi-million dollar fee stands in the way. What a good thing, people. That is good. That is worthy of victory. That's worthy of that victory thing we played. Written by Grace Ashford. When New York State awarded the first 10 licenses to grow and sell medical marijuana in 2015, the winning bidders rejoiced at the opportunity to control a lucrative untapped market, but they knew that greater spoils lie ahead. If New York were to legalize recreational cannabis, the medical marijuana companies would be well positioned to dominate the market, much like they have in states like Illinois and Arizona. (laughs) Massachusetts as well, too. The okay, but New York took a different route or approach, promising to put those who have been harmed by the war on drugs first in line for retail licenses with the application process opening Thursday. That approach has left the 10 medical marijuana licenses and those companies with an interest in their business. Nearly all of them are large multi state operators scrambling. Good, good. Um. My friend, my uh, friend who's kind of been like a relative to me, like he's he's lined up to get a license or he has a chance of getting it. And I'm happy because these MSOs, these these MSOs only see dollar signs. They don't have a passion for making good edibles. They don't have a passion for, for cooking good gummies or or any other baked or, or edible goods. They don't have a passion for that. They also don't have a passion for growing good cultivars um, and, and, and cultivars and strains that actually help people. All they see out of cannabis users, either medical or either adult use, all they see are dollar signs. Let's average the, the most popular strains. Oh, people only, only smoke like 20 or so strains or whatever. These are the 20 most popular. And the, or the 20 most lucrative. Let's exclusively grow that. And let's exclusively grow and, and make what's going to give us the biggest prof, profit margins. F, F, F the customer, F the user, F, F the medical health of, of, of the people we're treating through it. That's what would have happened if um, progressive lawmakers did not put out carve outs for small businesses. But now small businesses and people who generally do have a passion for the plant and the people, they get put in the front of the line instead of these multi-state operators that have not done cannabis since the 90s, 80s, or 70s, but are just trying to make a, a sleazy buck off it. Leave it for the people that are actually passionate about the people and the plant. Let's continue. Some have donated to Governor Kathy Hochul's campaign and have near, nearly all of them have hired lobbyists, spending more than $2 million this year in the hopes that they can make the best of what some have projected to be a $6 billion market. The focus of their campaign is a fee required by the state's cannabis law that operators must pay in order to sell marijuana outside the medical program. Early discussions have touched on a potential fee of $20 million per operator. Unsurprisingly, the medical 
marijuana industry wants to lower that figure. I hope they don't. I, if I again, I mean, she's the, these people have donated to the current sitting governor. So um, I, I hope these small craft growers and these small cannabis businesses, I hope that they can prevail because she's already gotten donations from these folks. If I were the governor, if I were governor in New York, I would, I would, I would increase it to sixty million. I, I, I would double and triple down on preventing a monopolization of the industry. I, I would love to see a governor just triple down on, on, on blocking MSOs. That, that would just be awesome. It needs to be grounded in the economic realities of the market. Said Nagiste Abbey B. I butcher that president of the New York Medical Cannabis Industry Association and an executive at Columbia Care Boo Corporate Cannabis, one of the medical operators in New York. While operators were excited to support social equity, she said she would love to see the economic analysis that justifies 20 million. The economic analysis is preventing people like you from squeezing, dominating and, 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 and stifling the recreational market in New York. That's the point. It's a hardworking Americans that want to start, start a small business of edibles or they want to start a small grow or they want to start a uh, craft cannabis company. Hardworking average Janes and average Joes have a chance instead of your multi-million and multi-billion dollar butts. That's the point. That is the point. The decision to give preference to members of communities that have been affected by the nation's anti-drug laws shook players in New York's struggling medical marijuana industry, many of whom were banking on the profits they would earn in the recreational space. In the lead-up to the passage of the 2021 law, the industry lobbied the state hard to give it the first shot at recreational sales, arguing that as established operators doing highway robbery emphasis added by me they will they were best positioned to quickly capture and convert the illicit market one industry funded report even went as far as to project significant tax losses for the state if medical operators were held back but some lawmakers held firm insisting that social equity candidates as defined as women minorities distressed farmers veterans and those affected by the war on drugs should be given a real chance to prosper. Yes. A lot of these, a lot of these carpet business people have never lived hard lives. They've never had to hunt for their own food. They ne never had to make beef jerky by, by hand. Um, they've, they've just, they've, they've, they've either been lawyers, they've either been business people and they're just, all they see is a quick buck. They only pretend to care about the cannabis users in the community. Um, they'll do nice, nice beautifully laid uh photo ops with, with with craft cannabis they'll they'll include craft they'll include pseudo craft cannabis brands or pseudo uh, or actual you know celebrity celebrity branded paul um products um they'll do stuff like that they'll but they won't actually include the craft the, the real grassroots of cannabis they won't actually include average jeans and average joes that know what they're doing that have a great idea and want, want want to help the market and want to actually play the market through through real capitalism not this crony stuff not this oh the the multi-millionaires buy out the politicians and squeeze out legitimate businesses so that they're the only game in town no they were not the they're not the best game in town they got there first and and paid to, to squeeze everyone else out that's 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 not winning and that's that's not that's not winning in the free market that's extortion
All right, but let's let's continue. One industry-funded report even went as far as to project significant tax losses for the state if medical operators were held back. But the lawmakers held firm, insisting that social equity candidates described as or defined as women, minorities, distressed farmers, veterans, and those affected by the war on drugs should be given a chance to prosper. The industry won a key provision, however. In exchange for a fee, each of the 10 medical operators would be allowed to open three recreational dispensaries. Oh, so they borrowed that women three rule from from cannabis pioneer and legend and and a great friend of the show, um, um, Shalene Title, former commissioner of the Massachusetts Cannabis Board. This is a monumental rule for, for Massachusetts and New York because, yes, these MSOs could still open, but if they're limited to three, they are having to try to compete against craft cannabis. They're having to compete at least uh, against at least one or two independently owned companies. It's not just MSOs that can push $40 eights, $40 tarpless eights, and because they're the only game in town, you have nowhere else to go. This opens the door to actual competition. This opens the door to, to crushing price gouging. You can't price gouge if you could only open three stores. You can't do it. It's hard to do. It's a genius rule. I hope more states, I hope the remaining states adopt it. And I hope those states that have already done it go back and adopt it. Because it's a genius rule. Because it's what we did in Massachusetts with the recreational stores. And to stop the MSOs from going too rampant. Even though they've already, they've already gone hog wild with the medical market here. Much, much, not much different than New York. The industry won a key provision. However, in exchange for a fee, each of the 10 medical operators would be allowed to open three recreational dispensaries, making them the only vertically integrated players in New York's marketplace. The fee would then be used to see the business of social equity candidates. Bingo. That, that, that's perfect. But New York's cannabis law does not say anything much about how the fee should be or when it should be set. And while officials have begun to release regulations focusing on other aspects of the emergency industry, the licensing fee remains largely a mystery. The regulatory certainty is already taking a toll. The cannabis company Ascend Wellness recently announced that it would abandon plans to acquire MedMen's New York medical marijuana operations. Medical companies are not without leverage in this fight, however. The state will need their weed to help fill the shelves of the first social equity shops. While the state has licensed more than 200 hemp farmers to cultivate marijuana outdoors and in greenhouses, there are limits to the quantity and the type of product that can be produced in that way. If retail shops open without sufficient supply, some worry it could turn users off from the legal market from go for good, an existential threat. We definitely need the supply coming from the ROs and, excuse me, said Chris Alexander, the executive director of the state's cannabis management, referring to the 10 registered organizations that are licensed to distribute medical marijuana in New York. Medical marijuana operators are more than happy to sell off some of their wholesale product to the new retail shops in order to head off this problem. But any sale would be contingent on the setting that is that special fee, an act that would signal an end to this rare period in which New York's legal cannabis market is dominated by, sm dominated by small entrepreneurs. 
Mr. Alexander said that while regulators were sensitive to the operator's perspective, the ultimate decision on the fee would largely be based on the needs of the social equity program. The only real guidance we have is the requirement that it is a sufficient amount to fund the equity program, or at least the upfront needs, he said. So that's the kind of guiding factor, end quote. He added that the medical operators entry into the recreational market would likely be conditioned on assurances that they continue to prioritize medical patients perhaps by reserving a certain quality, quantity, or ratio of product for them. Operators and patients have long complained of draconian regulations and taxes, which have made medical marijuana less accessible and more expensive than illicit market offerings. And while some of the restrictions have been loosened in recent years, New York's operation has never seen the success of medical programs like Florida, which boasts 600,000 patients and growing. New York's patient count is 124,000 and falling. At the same time, the illicit market is thriving in New York, some of it in plain sight. Quote, the state needs to roll out a cannabis program that sets up its licenses, including the ROs, to meaningfully compete with the illicit market. I think the small growers and the small businesses can do that just fine. They don't really need you. Or at best, they they just need your three stores apiece or 30 max. Let the small businesses handle it. Because they they've done better throughout the they've done better throughout the history of this plant for thousands of years, the the small caveman cultivator or the small person or the or the person in 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 in, in mountains in, in in far east Asia or the Middle East or Africa, they they've been doing a better job getting it to the consumer or to the barter as well as our, our, our modern-day street pharmacists and craft growers. They've been doing a better job at this than any of these MSOs can ever hope to do. So, again, I mean, I'm, I'm cheering on these small businesses. And I, I, I hope that the people of New York, and, and as well as, as, as the citizens as a whole in New York State, that they get a taste for these small craft growers, and they get a taste for, for small cannabis businesses, and it becomes a market that's exclusively ran by them. We need more of that going. They need to set up an attractive marketplace, she added. Today, we haven't seen that understanding or commitment. To account for these challenges, operators are pushing for a strong structure that would tie a part of the fee to the success of their businesses so that the state would share in the industry's profits. They're hoping to pay over a matter of years as opposed to upfront. No, I would, I, I would ask for like 40 to 60 million upfront if they were to whine about 20 million. All right. Let's, let's continue. They're hoping to pay over a matter of years as opposed to upfront to allow the market to stabilize. One proposal would amount to roughly $3 million per operator. Also, no, no, $60 million per operator, people. The question is not if the fee will be resolved, but when. And time is ticking. The fee will need to go through the full regulatory process and be approved by the state's cannabis control board with enough time to raise and process a crop to meet demand. It is a lot like moving pieces, Mr. Alexander said in the timeline. I feel like sometimes I'm the bear at the circus with the plates. End of article. But yeah, I mean, we need to create a market where the people of New York City and the people of New York State as a whole have a favoritism towards the small growers and the, the, the big cannabis and these MSOs don't, 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 don't determine the tempo of the market. Because again, the MSOs, because of how expensive the process is in neighboring Massachusetts, they got an early head start.
Like now you're getting some smaller cannabis businesses opening. And now, you know, we've gotten some reforms with, with the, uh, with, 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 with the additional bill that Baker signed this year. And we finally have infrastructure for lounges at this point. Um, but again, that took years and it, it was years of dispensaries selling ounces for 400 bucks. That was, that was, that was, those were the first two to three years of recreational in Massachusetts. And we hope at how New York has done things that, that they have a better outcome than Massachusetts when it comes to adult use. But enough from me. I can be found anywhere you find podcasts such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and other platforms like it. Find me on Instagram at underscore IamCanvasSativa, on Twitter at IC Sativa Pod. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao.